Okay. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our weekly Share the Life and Torah of Our Leaders. Live Tuesday mornings with First Seder Beis Medrash, firstseder.org. Wonderful, wonderful program. Look into it, become a part of it. Special welcome to our Torah anytime viewers and listeners who will Bez Hashem be joining the Shear. These series of Shurim have been sponsored by Rabbi Yitzchok Seflis of Bottom Line Marketing Group, a good friend of mine. And there's a schus for himself, his family, and all of the listeners and participants. The schus of all the G'daylim and Sadikim we learn about and are inspired from should be a schus for us. Today we're going to talk about, and this will be extra meaningful to Rabbi Yitzchak, because last year on our way to the Dear Shu Shabbos in Vilna, Rabbi Yitzchak and myself and his son made a stop in Germany for a number of hours, and we were in the city of Magensia on Mainz, and we visited the kever of Rabbeinu Gershom and Ma'or Hagoyla. So we are going back. We spent the last number of weeks, months perhaps, in the 17 and 1800s, and we are going way back in time now to Rabbeinu Gershom Ma'or Hagoyla. We don't know exactly when Rabbeinu Gershom was born, the Hashara, the estimation is uh, the year 950 or 960 of the Common Era. So we're talking about over a thousand years ago. We don't know exactly where he was born either. Um, it seems he was born somewhere in France, perhaps in the city of Metz. Um, in Chuvus Rabbeinu Gershon, Simon Samach Gimel, it starts off, Chuvus Rabbeinu Gershon, Ben Rabbi Yehuda, Mi Mes. Mes, Metz, it's the same city. So perhaps he was born there, perhaps he lived there, not very clear. The Me'iri in his Akdama Ta'avas, where he goes through Shalshelis HaKabalah, and he talks about different G'daylim who did not really um, write um, a Sefer, or we don't know them, they're godless, Hatayra from their Chiburim, he calls it. Hamida, he says, this Mida we find in Svarad in Spain, and we find in Sarfas in France. Shahayusham, that there in France, Gamkein Rabbonim Gedalim, there were great Rabbonim, Krabenu Gershem Azokin, like Rabbeinu Gershon, Virab Yaakov Bar Yokar, known as the Rebar Yokar Rashi's Rabbi, who, as we'll see, was a Talmud of Rabbeinu Gershon, and is also buried in the old cemetery in Mainz. Rabbi Levi Zakein, who is known as Rabbi Tzchok Halevi, both of them were Rabbi Tzchok Halevi and the Rebar Yokar, were Talmud and Rabbeinu Gershon, the Rabbeim of Rashi. If you remember, very long time ago, um, one of the first shiurim in this, uh, the first the first ten shiurim in this series over two and a half years ago was on Rashi. So we talked about that a little bit in that year. So you see here, the Mi'iri is also call, calling Rabbeinu Gershon from France. Um, <clears throat> in the Chuvas of Sefer Hayashal Rabbeinu Tam, Simon Men Vav, he writes, Rabbeinu Gershon Ma'or Eine Hagoyla. He says, Rabbeinu Gershon was the light of the, of the diaspora. The Chachmei Narvoina and the Chachamim of Narvoina which were, Narvon, Narvon is in uh, southern Italy, Usfaran, and, and from Spain, Shimshulufanov. So it's interesting, he says, these Chachamim, they learned in front of Rabbeinu Gershom, and over there there's a Haggah, there's a footnote that says, that Rabbeinu Gershom is called Sarfati, in Sefer HaYuchsin, it's called Rabbeinu Gershom, the French one, Ubilti Safek, and there's no doubt, B'yoyseh Sarfas, while he was in France, Sheshim Shua Chachamim Hei is when these Chachamim 
learned in front of him. Now Metz and Nar- is in more nor- almost in the north of France, and Narbonne is all the way at the bottom, the south of France, um, by the border of Spain. So I don't know exactly where Rabbi Gershom was when these Chachamim came to learn from him. Now, <laughs> there's a sefer called Bismadrish, written by someone named Aaron Yalnik in Chelek Vav, or I think Cheder Vav he calls it, like the sixth room of the Bismadrish. Page 137, he writes, Shimon Agadol. There was a story with Reb Shimon Agadol. Reb Shimon Agadol is one of the big Paitanim who wrote most of the Piyutim for the second day of Rosh Hashanah. Um, and um, he says, Hubabi Arachas, and he came to a city, Sheshmei Magenza. His name was Mainz. And because uh, I just want to point out, Rebbe Lezer HaKalir did not write on the second day, Piyutim on the second day of Rosh Hashanah for some reason. So therefore, Rebbe Shimon HaGadol, uh, we have his Piyutim. So it says he came to the city of Magenza. He married a woman from there. Bishama Rabbeinu Gershom Halachamhula Magenza. Rabbi Gershom heard about him. And he also went to Magenza, to Mainz, which is in Germany, the Rhineland. So they migrated northwards from France to Magenza. That is Rabbeinu Gershom. Now his father, as we said, his name is Rabbi Yehuda. We don't know much about him. He had a brother, Rabbi Gershon, who is a bit famous, and his name was Machir. And he wrote something called a dictionary, Hamalon Alpha Beisa de Rab Machir, the Aleph Beis Dictionary of Rab Machir. Rashi in Chomish, Bereshis, Perak Mem Gimel, Pasuk Aleph, Botni Mushkedim, it says over there, Yaakov Avinu sent down with the brothers to Yosef. So Rashi says, Lo Yadati Mahim, I don't know what Botnim are. Ubi Pirush Aleph Beis Ramacher Isi, and I saw in the Aleph Beis Sefer the dictionary of Ramacher. In Erevin Daf Chav Beis, Psachim Daf Nun, Sukkah Daf Yud Beis, Chulin Daf Nun, and Taisvis, those are all Rashi, and Taisvis and Nida Zayin Amad Beis all bring the dictionary of Rab Machir, who is a brother of Rabbeinu Gershom Aragayla, we do not, as far as I know, have that dictionary in our hands. Now, another interesting thing we have from Rabbeinu Gershom is we have the Ksuba de Irkisa that he wrote to his wife, what appears to be his second wife. Now, Ksuba de Irkisa, this was found, I think, in the Oxford, uh, in, in England, in their archives. Um, and its Nusach is brought in many of the Svarim, uh, even the Heintike Svarim, Ksuba de Hilchasa. Other Svarim, they bring the Nusach, there's things where Medaik from it. A Ksuba de Irkasa means a replacement Ksuba because the original Ksuba was lost. If you lose a Ksuba, so you have to go to the Rabbanim, and they write what's called the Ksuba de Irkasa, which basically says that originally so and so wrote such a Ksuba to his wife on so and, so, and such and such a date, whatever he got married, and it got lost, and we're writing a replacement. Um, to uh, to with the Edim to um, to replace that Ksuba. So we have a Ksuba Dirkasa that he wrote to his wife. Now again, according to the dates, it wasn't long before, maybe 15 years before he was Nifter, which would seem that it's his second wife, Buna Basreb David, and it says she was an Almana when he married her. Um, and he wrote this in the year Arba Salafim Shva Meyos Veshivim Utlas, 4,773, of which is um, we're in five thousand seven hundred and eighty-three, so it's uh, exactly um, one thousand and ten years ago, ten thirteen, in the city of Magencia. So we have the Aksuvadir Kasa. 
Now, another interesting thing about his life is brought in the Rishonim, the Mardchai in Mayer Katan, Paragimel, Ois Tuf Tuf Peivav writes, Rabbi Meir Shama Mipi Rabbi Yitzchak Mivin. Rabbi Meir heard from Rabbi Yitzchak Avin was the Baal Arzarua, and this is brought in Arzarua and Hilchazavelus, the end of Saif Simon Tufresh Ches, I think it is. Um, he says, Sherabenu Gershon Nis Abel Abenoi Shehemer. These are the words of the Mardchai. Rabbeinu Gershon mourned his son who was Hamer. That means he converted to Christianity. Now, in brackets there in the Mardchai, it writes, Im Imai with his mother, means he converted with his mother, Umais, and the son died. But that's in brackets, and we'll see that is a bit of a, uh, a machlaikis. Um, so it seems from here that he's trying to be a raya that if a ch- someone uh, converts to Christianity, you still have to be misavel. You have to mourn for them. Amnam um, But says the Mardukai could be you don't learn from there. Delafushe tsara hu avad. The reason he did it was because he was in so much pain, that his son was not and that's why he mourned him, but not really a raya to true Hilchas Avelis. Now, in the Chachmas Adam, Simin Klal Kufnun Vav Siv Vav, he writes, There's a story with one of the sons of one of the Gedalim who converted Vyashev Alav Yud and he sat Shiva for 14 days, says the Chachmas Adam, take off Kishahimer. Immediately when he converted, this Gadol sat Shiva for 14 days. Zayin Bishvil Aguf, seven because of his physical body that is no longer a Jewish body, so to speak. Zayin Bishvil Hanefesh, and seven for his Neshama that was lost as well. Says the Chachmas Adam, that's when he converted. But if someone who converts when he dies, you do not have to, the person does not have to sit Shiva, even a regular seven days of Shiva, that's what the Chachmas Adam brings from the Hagoyi Zashri and from the Lavush. Now in parentheses it says there in the Chachmas Adam, MSK Nimsa Bahaga, it's true that's what it says there in the Hagoyis. And it sounds like it was immediately when he converted. But if you look in the Beis Yosef in Hilchus Avelos, Simon Shimem Hey, Shekasav, that the Beis Yosef says, that he did it because of enormous pain that his son wasn't Zaycha to do Tshuva. So one second, if it was immediately when he converted, what do you mean he wasn't Zaycha to do Tshuva? Hey, wait around, maybe he'll do Tshuva. Mashma, that it was when he died, since his son did not come back to Kla Yisrael, it's Mashma that he sat on him 14 days, Kishemes. Vahataz, and this is all written there in the Haggah, Vahataz, Simen Shin Memsev Katan Gimel, Kasabifei Sheheimer Umeis. Now, like we said, when you look at the uh, original in the Mardchai, the Mardchai had Sheheimer, and then in brackets it said, Imimai Umeis. So it could be it's Tali in the Girsa. Now, there's a sefer called Beis Yisrael and the Chachmas Adam, and he talks about this as well. And he says the sefer Chasidim writes that a person, Chas V'Shalom, that such a person, if someone converts, so you, that the Avelu should be immediately when the person converts. And he says, 
V'chein kasa betubu tam v'das. Reb Shlomo Kluger in his Chuvis Tlisoi Chelik Beis Simon Reish Lamed Beis also says on his own that should it be done, um, it should be done immediately when the person converts. And the Beis Lechem Yehuda who brings these marmakaymas writes Shekain Haminag. He says that is the custom of Chas V'Shalom. It happens. Says the Sefer Beis Yisrael Achain. If you look in the Arzarua and you look in the Mardchai and you look in Shuvas Maramotenberg and you look in Shuvas Chasam Sefer Yodei Shin Chavav Mevur the Rabbein Gershon Isabel Kishemais. It's Mevur the Rabbein Gershon was Misabel after his son died. And like the Radvaz writes Va'ayin Betaz V'Dogum Ervavo Shimem Hey. Now, after at the end of that of that paragraph, the where the base Israel seems to be coming out that it was after he died. So he writes in parentheses, Agav Mashakarisi, Divri I read in a sefer called Divri Yemeilam, it seems to be a history sefer. In the days of Rabbeinu Gershon, there were Gzerishman, meaning the Goyim came and forced people to convert to Christianity. They tortured his son, Machzarius. They tortured him terribly because of that he forcibly was. Um, he forcibly went and um, converted. So that is what he writes over there. Now, just an interesting thing: if you look in Shulchan Aruch in Shin Mem Hey Sivav, there's a Dagal Merivava. That's one of the Marmakaimis the Beis Yisrael quoted, and the Dagal Merivava is talking back and forth about a Katan Shehemer. Um, with his parent, that's the Shulchan Aruch is talking about over there. And Derech Agav, the Dogam Ravava writes that um, even though by Rabbeinu Gershom it says that Rabbeinu Gershom was machmer to sit Shiva on his son, so you can't, you'd seen from there, La Halacha, that he did not have to sit Shiva on his son, says the Dogam Ravava, Shazeh Hamer Sinai, because his son converted willingly, and therefore, since he wasn't truly Mechayev to sit Shiva, it was considered a Chumrah. So Dagam Ravava on his own is seeming to say that the son did it Alir Sinai, and maybe it's indicative because it's keep on saying his son was Zaycha Duchuva. If you say he was forced to do it, so then he's not even really it's not really his fault and I don't know. Anyways, that is a very interesting halachic uh, discussion that comes up. It should never be Negeya, but it's Allah and Shulchan Aruch. When does one say Shiva in such a situation based on this story of Rabbeinu Gershom, how it played itself out? Who were his Rabbeim? So we only know one of his Rabbeim in Tashbas HaKotan. Ois Tov Kufayin Aleph, he writes Rabbeinu Gershom or Agayla, Oimer B'Shem Rabbi, Rabbeinu Leonton. Leonton was a, sounds like a, a French name. And Tavkofayin Beis over there, the Tashbats writes, because of Rabbi Yitzchak, Rayoisav Lifnei Hagayin Rabbeinu Leontan, Rabbi Shel Rabbi Gershon, Rabbeinu Gershon, Ushmai, what is his name? Rabbeinu Yehuda Bar Meir Hakayin Hazakein, Rabbeinu Meir. I'm sorry, Rabbi Yehuda ben Rabbi Rakain Azakin, Buhoya Av Bezdin Biyamov. He was the Rav at the time in Rabbi Gershom's days, known as Rabbi Leontan. And um, his real name, his Hebrew name is Rabbi Yehuda ben Rabbi Rakain. In Chuvas Miram Rutenberg, Fus Prague, Simon Reisha Machdalid, and this is also brought in the Chuvas Rabbi Gershom Maragaila, Simon Lamed Aleph. So Rabbi Gershom writes over there. In Maram Rutenberg, it's quoting a tshuva of Rabbeinu Gershon. Bipnei, he writes, Sh'Rabbeinu Leon 
Rabbi Shalomduni Rav Tamude. Rabbeinu Leon, he called him, Leon Tan. Leon was the Rabbi who taught me most of my learning. Zatzal, Chacham Mufla. He was an unbelievable Chacham. That's Rabbeinu Gershon writes about his Rabbi. And at the end of that tshuva, he writes, seems to have been a machlaikis, I relied on the words of my Rebbe Rebbe Leon, and he royas divrei Rebbe Leon shemasarli. And even though it was like a machlekes in logic, I see, I uh, understand the words of my Rebbe. Ki mufloi b'dayra He was great in his generation. Va'acharei devarav lo yishanu. And I'm not going to change anything after his words. His words are the final say. So this was this great person, Rabbeinu Yehuda. Rabbeinu Akayin, Rabbeinu Leon, Rabbi Leonton, however you want to say it, was the Rabbi Rabbeinu Gershon. Um, in Shuvah's Marshal, Simon Chavtas, over there, the Marshal, and today is the 449th yard site of the Marshal, Rabbi Shloy Maluria. Two years ago, we gave a share on the Marshal, Life and Torah of the Marshal, so today is his yard site. It's Yagin Aleinu, and um, is buried in Lublin. And in Simon Chavtas, the Marshal writes, he's asked to write about the Messiah of Klai Yisrael. He writes, Rabbeinu Gershon Maragoyla Kibo Meireb Hai. The Rabbeinu Gershon learned from Rav Hai Goin. Now, we don't find anywhere that Rabbeinu Gershon was ever anywhere near Rav Hai Goin. Um, who, um, so we don't really find that. But there's a lot of things in, in that tshuva of the Marshal that are not so meduktuk. Um, it's the idea that maybe his Messiah came um, from Talmidim of Rav Hai, the Derech of Rav Hai Goin, that's probably what the Marshal um, meant. <coughs> in the Tshuvah of Rav Gershon, in a different place, Simulam Avav, he writes, This is how I think, like I learned from my Rabbeim, but he doesn't say who those Rabbeim were. So perhaps he had more Rabbeim, like we said before, Rabbeinu Leon is the one, Leonton, who he says taught him Rav of his Talmud. Who are the Talmidim? So we mentioned some of the Talmidim. So the famous Talmidim of... Um, the famous Talmidim of Rabbeinu Gershim is one named Rabbi Yehuda ben Rabbi Meir HaKayin. Now probably before Rabbi Leontan, we said it was also Rabbi Yehuda Meir HaKayin Hazakin. He was the older one. That's probably to differentiate between the other Rabbi Yehuda Meir HaKayin who wrote a sefer called Sefer Hadinim, the Mardchai Bavim Metziah, um, Reish Chavvei says, "V'chaymatzi b'sefer adinim shekasur Yehuda Akayin lifnei Rabbeinu Gershom or Agayla." He had a Talmud named Rabbi Lezer Hagadol. He had a Talmud named Rabbi Yaakov Yaker, the Riva Yaker Rashi's Rebbe, the Rashbam Imsachim Kofiral. If we mentioned numerous times, says, "Kach Shama Rabbeinu." The Rashbam says that Rabbeinu Rashi heard this by Rabbi from his Rebbe, which is Rabbi Yaakov Yaker. The Rabbi and his Rebbe heard it mipi Rabbeinu Gershom itself. Another Talmud was Rabbi Tzok Bar Yehuda, who also was a Talmud of Lezer Hagado. And there's also Rabbi Tzok Halevi, um, who was also um, a Talmud of Rabbeinu Gershom or Agayla. These last three, Rabbi Yaakov Bar Yaker, Rabbi Tzok Bar Yehuda, and Rabbi Tzok Halevi were the Rabbeim of Rashi. Um, the first two were in... Um, I think the first two were in um, were in Mainz, and, and Rabbi Tzikalevi was in Worms. In the Shir and Rashi, we talked about this. In Maisa Goinim, on page 41, talking about Kriya Satera and Cholomite Sukkis, 
He writes there, V'chein hei Rabbeinu Shmuel ben Rabbi Tzakalevi, the son of Rabbi Tzakalevi, Rabbeinu Shmuel, was made, mi pi'avi, from his father, Rabbi Tzchak, shekei noag Rabbeinu Gershom Zal, that this is how Rabbeinu Gershom did the Kriya Satayra. Now, he is referred to as Rabbeinu Gershom Ma'or Hagayla, the light of the exile, the diaspora. Rashi seems to be the one who coined this name for him. In Rashi, in Achuva writes, that he lit up the eyes of the Gaila. There's different Gersais there. Some say it says Beferish there. We all live off of his words. Now listen to Rashi's words. And the entire Gaulus of Ashkenaz, Vikitim. Kitim refers to the areas of France, Rome, and Italy, are called the Kitim. All of the Bnei Ashkenaz and Kitim, Tamide Tamide Haim, are the students of his students. So this is Rashi seems to have coined him as Rabbeinu Gershom or Agayla because he was the light of the Ashkenaz diaspora. Um, in Mesech Tebeya, Davchavdal Amad Beis, Rashi writes, Ovechuvas Rabbeinu Gershom or Hagayla. In Chavez Pehei Amad Beis, Rabbeinu Gershom Avi Hagayla. In his Pirish on Yeshaya, um, Perak Benvav. Pasuk Aleph, Rashi also there says, Kach Shemati Mishmoi Shabbinu Gershom Me'or Hagoyla. Now, in Simonai and Gimel, in the Tshuva Shabbinu Gershom, there's a Tshuva which seems to indicate that at a point he was a Malamid, he taught students, as opposed to being like a Rosh Hashiva. It says, Rabbinu Gershom Ayasachar Litalmidim, he was rented out, hired to teach with Talmidim, and he got sick for two weeks, and there's a whole Shailah about if a Rebbe gets sick, does he have to make it up or not? Then Isrape, and he got better. And he patted himself from having to pay, you know, um, to make up those uh, two weeks that he missed. And that's Allah Shaila of what the uh, obligations of a <coughs> of a payal is, a hired person, a Rebbe, to all Sugya and Shulchan Aruch. Um, now, then he was in Magensi. Now, where he was that hired to teach with Talmidim, it's not clear. We, we know he was in Magensi. That's where he taught most of his Torah in Shuvas. Um, Similam and Bezer, Ben Gershim, it says there was a story that happened in Magensi that there was a bris meal on Rosh Hashanah. And the question was when to make the bris. And they asked to the Holy Ones. The first one, Rabbeinu Gershim, Bar Yehuda, Ma'or Hagayla. Being the first one here sounds like he was either the Rashi Yeshiva or from the heads of the Yeshiva. They also asked Rabbi Nushimin Hagado, Rabbi Huda Koyen Balsefer Adinim, one of his Talmidim, Rabbi Huda Hagado Sheyar he was the Rosh Neheragim, it's not clear what that means, the first to be killed. Ushar B'nei Yeshiva Kedosha. So they asked all of these grace of people, these great people, V'hayru kulam lama l'achar Kriyas HaTayra, Kaidim Shizku B'Shayfer. And the Pesach was, they should make the bris after Kriyas HaTayra, before Tzkiya Shayfer. V'har B'nei Yeshiva Kedosha, Kasha B'neim. And many of the B'nei Yeshiva, this was hard to understand, L'akiv Tzkiya Shayfer Kolkach, to push off Tzkiya Shayfer so long, B'Shvil Hamila, because of the bris, V'ratzul Lidchaisa Ad Gmar Kolat Tzvila, and they wanted to push off the bris 
till after davening. Veshiver Rabbeinu Gershon, the final psak seems to be from the Shashiva Rabbeinu Gershon, and he said, Imein Mila ain't If there's no bris Mila, then there's no mitzvah of Shaifer. Shinamar, Imloi Brisi Yaiman Valaila. The Gemara Darshan is this pasuk referring to bris Mila. We didn't have it so long ago in Dafyami of Nadarim. Imloi Brisi Yaiman Valaila because of my bris. Chukats Shemaim Varat is empty. The world wouldn't exist if not for bris Mila. So if there was no world, there's no Tkiya Shaifer. So therefore we do the bris first. Va'aid Mitzvah Mila Kadmal Tkiya Shaifer. Mitzvah Mila was given to Klai, so before Tkiya Shaifer. So therefore Mila comes before Tkiya Shaifer. So this is a proof, seemingly, from the order of the names and from the final psak that he was the Rashiva of Magenzia, like Rashi said before, Kol Galas Ashkenaz are Tamidi Tamid of Heim. Now, just an interesting thing to note here, Rashi, Paskin liked this as well, but he didn't seem to know this psak from Rabbeinu Gershom. Because in Chuvas Rashi, Simem Memalif, they write over there, that Rashi asked this Shaila to the Baal Ha'aruch, and to the Baal Ha'aruch's brothers, Reb Daniel and Reb Avram, and they answered him that this Shaila was already asked in the Mesmejish of their father, Reb Yechiel Gain, and he said, B'Shem Reb Yaakov Gain, Ram Demasaraymi, the Roshiva of Rome, that Mila should be a sniffle Kriyas Hatayra, Mila should be an addition to Kriyas Hatayra. So Rashi passed in this way, based on this psak from the Gainim, however... However, it doesn't seem to me seem that he knew the psak for Abenu Gershom. Just a very interesting um, tidbit of information. Okay, um, now in that kufa there were many manuscripts of Shas, and Rabbeinu Gershom worked very hard to be kaveya the proper text in the gears of the Shas. Many places there is you have to understand. The way Gemara was written, it was copied and copied and copied. So mistakes happened and smudges happened. And if there's somewhere there's a suffix, someone decided this is the right word, that's the right word, this is what it should say. So he went and he was Magia. He edited the entire Shas and he wrote it down so his Talmudim should copy from his master manuscript of the proper Girsa of Shas and learn from it and teach from it. And Rashi brings this numerous times in Sukkadaf Mem Amad Aleph. Rashi writes, Umatsasi Girsazu, Besefer Ksavyaj, Rabbeinu Gershon, Ben Yehuda, Menuchasei Kavay. The Rashbam and Bavavasarim and Beis, Uveseder Mishnas, Rabbeinu Gershon, Hachi Garsinan. Taisis Menachas Pehei Amad Beis, Uveseder Shakasar, Rabbeinu Gershon, Maragayla. And numerous times we find this in, in Menachas for sure, Pe'alif, Lamed, many places the Rishayim are quoting the Sefer that Rabbeinu Gershon wrote for the proper Girsa. Now, in addition to that, his Talmidim started to write Pirushim that they heard in their Yeshiva from their Rabbeim on the Gemara. You have to realize, until this time, the Ga'inim, the way they wrote things, they just wrote Derech Psak, like the Rif writes, Derech Psak. Um, a psak based on the Gemara, but they didn't write Pirushim on the Gemara like we have today, Rashi and Rishonim, so on and so forth. They didn't have that. So they started writing these things down that they heard from the Rabbeim, from Benu Gershom and other Rabbeim. And eventually there became a parish that was found um, that's based on the Rabbeinu Gershom, but it's not clear what is Rabbeinu Gershom himself and what came from other Rishonim and his Talmidim. But it came for sure from his Bismajish. And this Pirish is printed on the sides of the Vilna Shas and some Mesechtas. But like I'm saying, it's not 100% clear um, in the Pirish what is Rabbeinu Gershom, what is his Talmidim. 
Rebbe Chanan Wasserman's Zechrein Levracha in the beginning of Kaivet Haaretz. The Kaivet Haaretz is on the on uh, on Yevamis in the back of the Chuvas Harajba, and the page right before it starts, he has a page called Yedias Nechbadis, things uh, that one should know. And he writes as follows: Hapirish Hanitvis Al Gilyum Masechta Bava Basra. The pierce is printed on the margin of Bava Basra. Karu Al Shem Rabbeinu Gershom Aragayla. They called it the pierce Rabbeinu Gershom. He writes: Vinei Polam Ait. He says it's very hard to understand. The Rashbam, who is from the Talmidei of, of Rashi, who's constantly bringing from the Pirushim of Rabbeinu Chananel, and he never brings once from the pierce Rabbeinu Gershom. Now, if Rabbeinu Gershom had a pierce and Rashbam is constantly quoting Rashi, and Rashi was a Talmud of Talmide Rabbeinu Gershon. Um, how come he never brings it? And he says, even in the few places that Rashbam brings from Rabbeinu Gershon, he brings from the Chuvas of Rabbeinu Gershon, not from the Perushim. So he says, It's clear the Rashbam did not have the Pirush Rabbeinu Gershon, and he says, I found, he says, further, I found in Chuvas Harash. That the rush quotes Chenkasa Rabbeinu Yakim Alevi, and he quotes an entire verbatim words of the rush B'shem Rabbeinu Yakim Alevi. Says Rebbe Chana V'chaladvarim Elanim So B'Pirshel Fanenu Kolshaynei, and those words exactly are found here in what's called Pirush Rabbeinu Gershem. So he said, you see clearly that Rabbeinu Gershem is not Rabbeinu Gershem; it's others. Maybe he had a part in it. Is from his Talmidim. <coughs> but he clearly did not have Pirushim HaMesechtas. And Bechlau, the historians, bring Raya's Rashi, and all the Gedolei Ashkenaz, they don't bring Rabbeinu Gershom's Pirush and Mesechtas at all. They only bring from his Chuvas. So it seems clear that even though we have what's called Pirush Rabbeinu Gershom, but when the printers found these Kisveyadas that are from the base Medrash of Rabbeinu Gershom Vitalmidov, they could be some of it was Rabbeinu Gershom, they called the whole thing Al Shemai Rabbeinu Gershom. Now, to understand what was going on at the time, Kla Yisrael and Ashkenaz were starting to um, set themselves up as Kehilois, and they had to make a lot of Takonis for a Kehila of what one could or can't do. Now, Rabbeinu Gershon was involved in this, and he was massacring certain things, takanas, some of the takanas he personally made, some he made with his kehila, some kehilas made, and they just made it as an addendum to all of Rabbeinu Gershom's other takanas. So, there's not 100% clear exactly how many he made, how many he was a part of, how many are not his at all. Um, there are svarim that go through all of them, there's anywhere from four takanas that he made, uh, clearly till close to 60 takanas that perhaps are associated or attributed to Rabbeinu Gershom. Now in Shuvah's Harash Klaam and Gimel, Siv Ches, he writes, Chacham Echad Hoyabar Tzainu Vayashmei Rabbeinu Gershon V'tikein Takonos Toivas And he made Takonos Toivas Binyan Gerishin When it comes to divorces U'takonos Ekzeiroisev Kvuas His Takonos and his decrees are set U'tkuas and they are immovable Kilu Nitnu B'Sinai As if they were given at Sinai V'shvil Shekiblu Malayam Because they were accepted U'masrum Ledar And they were given over from generation to generation <coughs> 
And in Shuvah's Rashi, Simon Alien, he writes, Let us not be light with the Cherem that Rabbeinu Gershon put out. Because if he put out a Cherem, there is no one we have that is able to be matter his Cherem, matter his decree to free someone who gets stuck in such a Cherem. Now, there's a very big discussion in the Paiskim. If a Gadol has the ability to make a Cherem that is not just for him and his um, kehila or for the people around him. Um, first of all, there has to be some type of Askama. Could a Gadol just decree things? The Rivash and Echuva, Simon Reishai and Aleph, he's talking about a different decree, a decree of someone named Aram Alevi. In France, he made a gzera, and the Rivash writes, Chacham echad eina oiser v'goyzer gzeras al-Klai Yisrael. One Chacham cannot make gzeras on all klai Yisrael. Kiyam al-livnei iroi u'gvuleisa. He can make it for his neighborhood. So, he can't make it for, for everyone. Now, Cherem de Rebbeinu Gershom seems to be accepted. So, was Rebbeinu Gershom on his own, did he do it? If he did it on his own, how does that work? If he did it with Askamas Hakihilois, okay. How does that work for all of Klai Yisrael? Chuvas Chasam Soifer, Again, this is a big deal. I'm just pointing out the issues. The Chasam Soifer in a Chuva to Rabbi Benet about over there, it's talking about copyrights. Hasogas Gvul Amadfisim. People who print things, can they make copyrights in Cherims not to print them? There's ownership on it. Um, intellectual uh, property, that's a big sugya in those halachas, and he writes, One rav cannot make a gzera in a different country. Um, However, this gzera um, is a gzera, the one about uh, printers, he says, this is an early gzera from all the gainim and everyone in the world. And he says there's examples. Not to be mevatel l'shiduch. We'll see in a moment. That's one of the takanas of Rebbeinu Gershom. These are not halachas. So some cipher is saying there is such a concept and one of those things are some of the haram of Rebbeinu Gershom that the kadmoinim make on all of Klai Yisrael. So he's being mechalik a little bit in stama cherem and cherem like Rebbeinu Gershom's haramim that maybe could be made on all of Klai Yisrael. He does bring the Rivash to Chassam Seifer, and he's saying, this is a little different. So, again, this is the sugya of how this works. Svarim Chuvas, um, if you're really interested, you can look at the Encyclopedia Talmudis, and Cherem de Rabbeinu Gershom has a very long piece, and there's a Nisbach at the end of the Seifer. I think it's volume Yud Zayin, um, very informative in a lot of things um, about Cherem de Rabbeinu Gershom. Um, so let's talk about some of his takanas or charamim. So some of them, his takanas were made with a cherim, that if a person violates it, he's in cherim. Some were just takanas. So the first and famous one is not to marry two wives. person can't marry a second wife. Um, now, everyone knows that there's a famous uh, legend um, based on the story of Marcus Lehman that Rabbeinu Gershom made this takana because he had Saras with two wives. There is no factual basis that we know, historical basis, to Marcus Lehman's story. Marcus Lehman Bechlal never claimed to be a historian. He was writing historical fiction for the children of his generation, and that's why the adopted princess, which talks about the Shach's daughter being captured, also is not factually correct. We talked about this in the Shirem on the Padme Iris, because, because it was his mother, it was the Shach's niece, maybe the Shach's sister, 
sister, wasn't the Shach's daughter, there's different Gersais, but, so Marcus, the famous story of Marcus Lehman, that I forgot the name of the book that he has, that uh, on this, on this, uh, on this thing, that Rabbi Gersh himself had Saras, and that's why he made the Cherem, there's nowhere that we have um, any factual source for that. There are a lot of Diyunim, <coughs> why he made it, the reasons why he made it, as we'll see in a moment. Now the first Diyun in Shuvah Sarajba, he says that perhaps Rebbeinu Gershom only made it until the end of Elef HaChamishi, till the year 5000, which would be the year uh, 1240, which is only a couple hundred years after Rebbeinu Gershom was Nifter. So he only made it a few hundred year Cherem. Um, and the Mechaber, the Beshoyz, the Shogunarach, and Avanezer, Simon Aleph Sif Yod, he writes, was Taka only until the end of Elef HaChamishi. The Ramah writes that no, his takanas are still kayim adayim We still keep this cheirim of Rehnegershin of not marrying two wives. Two wives. The marshal, again, whose yard said is today, he's not masking him to this, and he says it's not muzker anywhere in the takanas that it was only until it was a limited amount of time. Rabbi Gershom didn't make a limit on it. And Adarabah, the reasons for it still apply. There's no reason we could say it's limited. Now, in Shailas Yaivitz, Rav Yaakov Emdin, in Simon Tezvav, has a long tshuva trying to be matter of Pelegish Bismanazeh. Pelegish is like a secondary wife, not a real wife. He goes on and on, Rav Yaakov Emdin, and he says it'll solve a lot of issues, um, you know, a lot of issues of Shalom Bayis and things like that, if we can be matter of Pelegish. He says, what happens to Cherem Derbeinu Gershim? So, in the middle, he talks about Cherem Derbeinu Gershim. In the middle, he says, an interesting thing. He wants to say the the reason Rabbi Gershon made this takana was in the in the Christian countries. Um, it was frowned upon. Maybe he doesn't say these words, but maybe it looked primitive to have two wives. You know, they were very cultured, and, and they held it was like isravashi uh, ish almost. He writes to have two wives or more than. Uh, numerous wives. I don't know exactly how many. It's not clear in the Lushen, but the Christians didn't allow many wives. So therefore, we had no choice but to make this Cherem to Ben Gershon, so we shouldn't look primitive. He says it's not. He says, in the Muslim countries where it wasn't frowned upon, they were never makabal the Cherem to Ben Gershon. So that's what the Rebbeinu of Emden says the reason for. Others are madchen say it's not true. There's other reasons given for it. People, uh, it's, it's, it made a lot of pretzels. If a person had numerous wives and he would mistreat his wives and, and live with all, he had all, all the tithes that he wanted to do. Some say it was because of fights. Others say um, if you have so many wives and kids in, in Gullus, there was no way to support them. And uh, at that time, it was hard, times were hard. Um, others say because if you marry a wife in different countries and they have ch- and you have children for both the wives, uh, a brother could end up marrying a sister without knowing. All different things that it seems a result of the galus. Rabbi Nugarshim felt that this is a time we have to make um, this cherem. So that's the cherem of Rabbi of not marrying more than one wife. I'm not getting into the details of of how you could get out of it, and, and when he said it, when he didn't say it, it's a whole shir b'fnei atzmai. Another takana he made was not to forcibly um, divorce a lady, shalei legarish balkarcha, um, which, um, even though midairaisa, one could just throw a get at a woman, force her to take it, he made a gzerinatu. Chuvas Haran says, I think we mentioned this in the shir on the ran, in Simul HaMechaz, takana sermin gershom, and he says, that doverzeh, Pashat Bechol Yisrael. This is not only in Ashkenaz, everywhere in Klai Yisrael. The Ran was in Svarad. 
that was accepted in all of Klai Yisrael not to forcibly divorce a woman. Not to be mavatul shadochim. We mentioned this. The Chassam Seifer mentioned this. Now this is tali in many different things and exactly how the deal was made was with a handshake, with the kinyan. It doesn't just mean not to break an engagement, but there is the concept of not being mavatul shadochim. There is a cherem and it has to be done if it needs to be done. It has to be done properly. There's another thing that was very common at the time, and like we're saying, some of these were takanas, they were setting up a system for life. And that is not to be masig vul, not to approach on someone's business, b'schirus min agai, when they, when they rent um, or lease from a guy. Like the Ramon, Chayish Misha, Reish Lamed Zayin says, V'yeish Misha Kosev, Shucheirem Regen Egerashen, Shalei Lahasik Vul B'schirus, Batim in Akum, people used to lease houses from Goyim and then do business with them, so it would be like uh, other people say, well, I'll pay more. So you can't do such a thing. Um... And he says, Sometimes they would actually lease money from a guy. And they would get money from a guy, like a banking type of thing, and then lend it out. So I would, someone else would try to go to the guy and take it over, offer more money. This eventually became into something in halacha called marufya. Marufya means approaching on a, um, a relationship that someone has with a guy, or even with the for that matter, but with a guy, even with a guy, that you can't approach on a business relationship that already exists. This is all machlaikas. If we're noig marufia today, not noig marufia today, in my Yerucha Shirim on my website, I think I have some Shirim on marufia. But originally that is a Cherem, the Rabbeinu Gershom, or a Takan from Rabbeinu Gershom. Or Cherem, I'm sorry, the Ramah says. Another thing Rabbeinu Gershom said, you cannot be mevayish bali tshuva. The Marshal again, Yartze today, Barak Bavakama Peches Simonum Hay talks about this that you're not allowed to be Mavayish of Alchuva, someone who went off the derech, came back, you can't be Mavayishim, and the Marshal says you can't even be Mavayish, you can't even bear us his children. There's a Cherem de Rabbeinu Gershom. Another important thing, as we said, he went and edited the text of Shas, and like we're saying, people, everything was manuscripts. So he made a Cherem, you're not allowed to edit Svarim. On your own, Rama Yaradea um, says, Reish uh, Chavtes, I think, uh, I'm not sure, Yaradea, he writes, you can't just edit a Sefer logically. I decided it doesn't work. You can't do it. This was a, a big korban for Kla Yisrael. Um, yeah. So, okay, so that was something else. And that's why we find that in Shas, when you have Hagois, like the Marshal, we know himself, the Marshal, one of his big things was Hagois, was Bimagia. We've talked throughout many of our Shurim. They never do it in the Gemara itself, or usually not. It's always on the side or a separate Sefer. Because of this Cherem Dermenu Gershom, that even if it seems to be right, we don't change the actual Girsa in the Gemara. It's on the side of the Gemara. It's interesting, Rabbeinu Tam, in his Akdamah to Sefer Yosher, and I think we mentioned this as well, somewhere in our Shurim, he writes, V'avagav delot Rabbeinu Gershon, kol man de Meshabesh Talmud, v'achi v'achi t'havi, and the Rabbeinu Gershon cursed anyone who changes and edits the Talmud um, just like this, and this so and such and such a thing should happen to him, le'nimnum it didn't help. And that's why Rabbeinu Tam also went to fix the Girsais. Girsa was a major, major thing throughout history. Another famous cherem is not to read someone else's letter. Um, actually, some have a minute to write on a letter that they write on, on the outside, upagin, 
Someone who breaches the gate, he should be bitten by a snake, that's a curse. Um, now, but even if you don't write it, the, the cheyrem exists. You don't have to write it. Some say, what are the reasons for this? Some say it goes into leiselech rochil ba'amecha. You're not allowed to be a talebearer, which means you're not allowed to go looking for the secrets of your friend, reading his mail, and seeing his secrets. Some say that's uvaftalurecha kamaycha. You don't want someone reading your private stuff. Some say it's ganevas das. Some say if you're looking for your own taiva, so you're like a shayel shalaymidas, which is a gazlin. If you're a shliach, it's like shaleach yabipikadain. Um, now it's interesting, and I know I'm going over, just give me a, uh, two more minutes, please. And it's like, Yopiriyot Talmud, this page, Tafnun Beis, Har 877, he says that this cheirim happened to have been more widespread by the Svardim. There's a lot of Svardish chuvas that deal with this cheirim, the Rebbeinu Gershon, and minimal Ashkenazi chuvas who deal with it. It sounds like they paid much more attention to this cheirim, as opposed to the cheirim of marrying two women that the Svardim were not Makabal. In the Berak Goyla, at the end of Yaradeya Shin Lamedali, which is Hilchas Nidoi, he brings over there the Haramer Benu Gershon, and he says that if the person threw the letter out already, so then you're allowed to look at it. And over there he brings other Takanis Rabbeinu Gershon, you're not allowed to cut off the margins of Svarim, even if you want to write on them, um, you're not allowed to talk in a shul, this is not Becherim, it's a Takana, you're not allowed to talk. You should sit. There's many, many other takanas, like I said, up to 60. One could attribute to Rabbeinu Gershom. He wrote piyutim, he wrote slichas. We don't have much of them. The famous slicha we say on Ne'ilah, Zechar Bris Avram HaKedes Yitzchak, and the one that ends, Yer HaKedesh V'Amechuzais, Vein Lanushir HaKatera Azais, is Rabbeinu Gershom Mar The Marshal in the Tshuva we said before says he was Nifter in the year, Dalet Alafim, tough, tough, which is 1040. However, they found old Kisveyadis, which say was, like we said, the Marshal, the, that Tshuva, not everything is so meduktak, was actually 12 years earlier in the year 1028. It seems that Rabbi Negershon was Nifter, and he's buried in the old cemetery of Magensia, of Mainz, in the same cemetery with Rabbi Yaakov Bar his Talmud, the Rebbe of Rashi, Schusa Yogin Aleinu, Be'alkal Yisrael, have a wonderful day, everybody, and call tov.